So my one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams is tapping into your, your womb energy and your sacral chakra energy. And what that means is, you know, your sacral chakra is all about pleasure and it's also about vulnerability. So being willing to tap into your own pleasure and your vulnerability, which are places that we tend to run from, opening your arms to the fact that you have desires and it's natural for you to have desires, despite the fact that society may tell you that your desires, whatever they may be, are wrong. Tapping into that and then being vulnerable enough to open your arms to the possibilities, the way the prayer like change me or use me and stepping into that expands your life beyond belief. And that is how you begin even to create your your life that you desire. It starts with a decision. There is great magic in just making a decision and saying, yes, your whole entire world shifts. I firmly believe that every time a woman says yes to herself, opens herself to her divine energy, that the tectonic plates shift and life rises up in return. That was a clip of Abiola Abrams being her fabulous goddess self, and there will be more of that to come. I just wanted to give you a little taste of the interview that's up ahead, but first, we cannot get this party started right without our Hippie Witch theme song. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 396 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeBoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will also find a link to today's special guest, Abiola Abrams and an amazing retreat she has coming up in Paris and you can check that out right now if you go to goddessofparis.com I'm really blown away with what she has planned for this. So I was very excited to drag her on to the Hippie Witch podcast to talk about that with you all because I get a lot of emails from people asking me when I am going to do my own retreat. And right now I am in the process of pursuing a special dream that I have held for a very, very, very long time. I am working on completing a submittable manuscript to begin the journey to being a published novelist. And so that's really where, besides doing Hippie Witch and coaching calls and Patreon, that's where my focus is going. So I don't really see a retreat happening anytime in the near future, although. 
I love the idea of getting to meet you all in person, and especially those of you that I hang out with over on Discord in the morning, and some of you that I've just gotten to know over the years from doing what I do. It will be amazing to just all be in one space, hanging out, practicing magic, and being awesome. So it's not that I never want to do that. It's just it's not on the table right now. And also, I just don't even have the first clue of how to do something like that. So it's a good thing I know Abiola because <laughs> I can pick her brain about it because she has a lot of experience with this. And if you're a person who enjoys my personality, I'm pretty sure you're going to love her. And if you really want to experience the immersive quality of being in a retreat with an inspiring woman, I think this could be this could be the ticket for you. And if you've ever dreamed of going to Paris, what's so interesting is this year I keep coming across this dream of Paris, people talking about their dream of going to Paris or manifesting their dream of going to Paris. And Amy shared with me over on Patreon, we were talking about the law of attraction and the manifestation process and Julia Cameron's book, The Artist Way. And Amy shared with me this book that she loved called the pair or not. There's no the it's just Paris letters by Janice McLeod. And so I bought it and I read it right away. And it was, she was sharing it with me in the context of talking about the, the artist way, because this woman, Janice McLeod, she was working in the copywriting industry and not loving the career that she had built for herself. She followed her dream, but realized like her ladder was up against the wrong wall. <laughs> she wanted to be way over here. She wanted to be an artist and she wanted to go to Paris. She wanted all these things. And in working through the morning pages, which is a part, if anybody's ever done The Artist Way, you know that that's an integral part of doing this 12-week journey that is so famously The Artist Way. It was fascinating because in the book, she was inspired by her morning pages in The Artist Way. And then you got to see her go on this manifestation journey that landed her in Paris. And I realized there's just this whole book genre of people dreaming about going to Paris or Italy or, you know, the whole eat, pray, love experience. People are actually doing that. And so... I don't know, just reading that book, it was really fun to read someone's manifestation process, a happy book, a positive book <laughs> that ends well, and then just traces how she did it, how she how she pulled it all off and what her experience was. But in addition to that, then when I heard that Abiola was doing this retreat, I was like, oh, that there's just so many synchronicities lined up around that. I thought somebody wants to go to Paris. Somebody who listens to the Hippie Witch podcast is just waiting for this episode. <laughs> and if you're a man, maybe you've put it together by now that this is actually an episode for women because Abiola works with women and her retreat is goddess-centric. All her work is goddess 
centric. Something that cracks me up about her and that I love is she calls every woman goddess. So I am goddess Joanna all throughout this interview, which is something I do not call myself, although I do believe that we are all microcosmic expressions of the divine, and that is fair game to call yourself goddess, whatever your name is. I also, I'm going to link, I don't know if this is the right place to do it, but I don't know that there's ever going to be a right place to do it. I'm going to link to a newsletter, the last newsletter that I sent out. I guess the only way I can tie it into what Abiola and I talk about here today is we talk about shadows a little bit and how we let fear stand in the way of what we most want. And I recently sent a newsletter out. It was the title was very melodramatic. It was renouncing Tony Robbins on the Scorpio full moon. I felt compelled to do that. And you can read the newsletter if if you're curious about why. I'm mentioning it here on the public podcast in case you missed the newsletter, because I want people to know that from this point going forward, I'm not going to be singing the praises of Tony Robbins. I've always given him credit because so much of what I know and practice and teach is based on his work, specifically the book Awaken the Giant Within. That's been like a self-help Bible for me over the years. I found it when I was 17 years old and really eager to change my life and to learn. It's, gee whiz, it's taken me decades since then (laughs) to even get a handle on some of the principles that he's teaching, but I certainly have tried. And so I always, I say this repeatedly, you can probably say it for me, I always give credit where credit is due. So he is credited throughout all of my books and programs. This last audio journey, I mentioned him. And then right after this audio journey, the magic star came out right on the heels of that broke news that Buzzfeed had been investigating him for a year. And they put together this story painting him as somebody who berates abuse victims and who has been, I don't think there's any mention of sexual assault, but that he was inappropriate with, with female assistance in the past. I think their focus was on the late nineties, if I remember correctly. And by inappropriate, I mean like having his assistant in the room, taking notes while he's in the shower, things like that. He strongly denies the allegations, and I am such a Libra. I'm a fence-sitting Libra. In addition to that, I can always see all sides of the situation. I have empathy almost to a inappropriate degree, like when a really bad guy does something really bad, I often can be like, well, this is why he did that because that was done to him. And, you know, like I just, I, I really can feel bad about 
someone going to jail who has done something awful, not in all cases, but if they look sad or scared, oh, my heartstrings are pulled. I've never been one of those people that are like, yes, I don't have the bloodlust. I don't know why. I just don't have that chip in my brain. So it... I get confused when people are arguing, like, did he or didn't he? So I just had to step out of that whole situation for a second. People were sending me this newsletter. Many people were newsletter. They were sending me this BuzzFeed article, many, many people, and asking me what I thought of it because I talk about Tony Robbins so much in my work. And I felt that I had a responsibility to address it. That's how we ended up with the newsletter. And for me, I finally came to the conclusion it doesn't matter to me if the allegations are true or not in terms of what I should do, because I already know what I should do. I already do not feel comfortable with some of the bullying behavior that I've seen from him on camera. I realize that he's doing that as a form of like emotional shock therapy, He's trying to shock people out of their state, particularly a victim state. But I think there are gentler, healthier ways to go about that. And that in this day and age, we have moved beyond that kind of approach. It's something that a lot of people would label as toxic masculinity. I see it as just an old-fashioned way of approaching problems that doesn't work for many people. They find it further. It furthers the abuse. It furthers the pain. It furthers the humiliation and shame. So once I was like, yeah, that footage that I have seen is not okay with me. I don't like that. I'm not, I never went to any of his seminars or events I just based my learning experience on his books, and they were invaluable to me. I will always be grateful for that work. But what I've seen in recent years is an increasing domineering nature that to me is a shadow thing. He can't see it. He can't hear people that are, they've been buzzing online about this now for years Some people going so far as to call him a predator or a sociopath. I would not label him as those things, but I would definitely say he's not practicing what he preaches. He's not taking feedback from what is not working in his life and using it to create an internal shift. He cannot have his perspective challenged, which is So ironic considering that he is a person who helps other people challenge their perspectives. But that is how the shadow works. That's how the shadow works. It's our gigantic blind spot, usually one that everybody else can see. So I think it's just, God knows, you probably all know what my shadows are. (laughs) Because I come on here like a goofball all the time and expose myself. And sometimes I hear it later. I'll hear it in a recording like, ooh, ooh, I can't believe that that's out there for the world to hear. <laughs> but that's the journey. That's the journey I am on. And so anyway, from the you can read the newsletter if you want to read more. I think it's interesting that 
so much of the manifestation process is really about getting out of your own way. And you can't really get out of your own way if you can't see how you are standing in your own way, how you are blocking your own abundance, your own good, your own desire from coming into manifestation. Jack Canfield writes about this phenomenon in a really interesting way. He talks about how if if you realize that you were going slow in your car, I, I don't remember exactly. I'm paraphrasing heavily, just going off memory here. But let's say you're trying to go 60 miles an hour in your car and you're only going 40. And then all of a sudden you realize the parking brake is on. What would you do? Would you gas it? Would you like accelerate, try to accelerate by hitting the gas? Or would you release the parking brake? That's what it's like to do shadow work. That's what it's like to look into fear. That's what it's like to to get acquainted with your resistance that is built on old patterns of belief. It's releasing the parking brake so you can finally go at the speed you are meant to go. <laughs> and a lot of us try, we try to step on the gas. We try to willpower harder harder, more willpower. It's exhausting. It, it burns us out. And so what I love bringing this around to today's guest about Abiola is she takes this very inclusive, wholesome, loving approach to helping you see the truth of what's standing in your way so that you can manifest the life of your dreams and something I really appreciate about her. I hope you'll go check out her YouTube channel if you're not familiar with her work because it will, she does something on Sundays called Goddess Temple. And I think the last one she did, I'm definitely going to link to, I think it's called Fear of Rejection. I'm going to link to it because it's an awesome example of what kind of leader she is. She calls herself out on her own shit all the time. Things that are embarrassing shadow things. And this particular episode is so powerful that way. And so I don't want you when, when the interview starts to hear Abiola and this very happy, she's full of laughter and joy. And it really, that throws people. Sometimes they think that that's a facade when you're very joyful and light and full of love that I think they're somehow Somehow in the witchy community in particular, there is this bigotry toward very loving light people as if we are the fools of the new age community. We don't know what's up. We don't know about the shadow. We aren't dark, man. We don't have that dark, deep goth heart. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, actually some of us some of us are filled with light and joy because we've done the work, because we've familiarized ourselves with the shadow. And FYI, you can't see into the dark unless you shine a light into the dark. And Abiola is a light like that. So without any further ado, here is my friend, the gorgeous goddess, Abiola Abrams. Hello, Abiola. Welcome back to Hippie Witch. Yay. 
Hello, Goddess Joanna Hippie Witch herself. I'm so happy to have you back because it's been a minute. And for anybody that's new to the show, it's very important that you know who Abiola Abrams is. Oh, thank you, Goddess Joanna. (laughs) Yeah. If you love what I do on Hippie Witch, you are going to love what Abiola does. So do you want to tell them a little bit about what you do and who you are? Sure, my beautiful sister. First of all, thank you so much for bringing me here for us to get together and sisterhood and coven together with your group. I am the founder of womanifesting.com and womanifesting is what all of my work is about. Womanifesting is not only about how we birth and create our desires, you know, what's commonly known as the law of attraction, but also how for all of us who are big vision women, how we show up in the world, the, you know, for many of us who are coaches, who are healers, who are natural givers, being able to call in and manifest our abundance on the other side of that. So my work is all about manifesting, and I'm also known as the self-worth midwife. Oh, I love that. Giving birth to yourself with the help of a self-love midwife. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Self-worth, self-love. Do you think there's a difference You know, it's interesting because my last book, I purposefully named um, the Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self-Love because people felt like the the term self-worth was intimidating. And it was really interesting, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, when I shared with my tribe, I was like, you know, you know, I shared with them different possible titles of the book and what they thought. And people said, well, self-worth, that just seems even more scary and self-love seems more accessible. And so for me, I think that self-worth you know, it's kind of semantics is just uh, the word worth has in it. Our worthiness, know your worth goes a little bit deeper. And the other part of it is that because the word love is so commonly used and self-love is so commonly used, it's something that becomes kind of like white noise. Like we don't hear it, we don't see it. And self-worth, I think, gives people a moment more to think about what that might mean. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I just saw the movie Tolkien yesterday and a theme ah. a theme in this movie is about J.R.R. Tolkien. It's fabulous. A theme was that words, the sound of words, it doesn't mean anything until you, there's a meaning behind it. And I was yes. thinking as you were talking about that and thinking about worth has, it kind of shakes you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Because it, it ties into a lot of different things. What am I worth? How, and I know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So it really, yes. I mean, that is, I often say having my own online business has been an accelerated spiritual practice. It yes. like it takes you on quite the ride and self-worth has a lot to do with that. It really, really does. And, you know, it feels like, you know, I've, I've heard from so many different women entrepreneurs, as you know, um, I'm the founder of the Spiritpreneur Academy, and I've heard from so many women entrepreneurs that they felt like, okay, well, I'm doing my, like my spiritual practice and my business are different until they start a business and they're like, whoa, okay, that took me on a ride and brought out all of my issues. If you have issues around being seen, being heard, you know, um, which is 
is what I'm being called, like, is my next iteration helping women specifically, you know, step into that courage of being seen. Your business, creating a business will call all of that to the front. (laughs) Absolutely. I think it's interesting that it's a two-way street. Something that I've noticed is... When we're talking about money, for me, that that's the primary issue that comes up around worth. What am I worth? What am I yes. worth charging? What What is worth other people paying for? But it goes both ways. Other people are evaluating you that way as well. I've had guests on that charge a lot of money for what they do, and I'll get the emails like, how dare they? And I've just, there is a back and forth going on this worth issue particularly around the intangibles, like a, yes. like a program designed to help you improve your self-love or even to attract money. People really struggle with this. They really, really do. And it's interesting uh, that you say that because that was when when I made the, the, the shift in my languaging from someone had called me um, the mid, self, self-love midwife. And so I loved that because my great-great-grandmother in Guyana was a midwife and the person didn't even know that when they said that. So I adapted that as a title. And when I made the shift from using self-love midwife to self-worth midwife was when I had launched a course that was specifically around money and mindset and abundance and all of that because it did call more of that into play. And, you know, we, we teach what we most need to learn. And so I had all kinds of issues in that area, you know, having been raised the daughter of a minister and first generation American and being African American, Caribbean, and all of that stuff. I had all kinds of issues around worth and charging and who do you think you are and how dare you and all of that stuff that is in the word worth. I can't wait to see that movie, Tolkien. I've been, you know, checking it out. I'm so glad to hear from you that it lives up to its promise. It's beautiful. It's about courage and how love gives you courage. Yes. Yes. Love gives you courage and self-love yes. <laughs> is all about, it's all the same, Absolutely. right? It's all the same. How we do anything is how we do everything. It's all about courage. Beautiful. Absolutely. I have so many questions for you, Abiola. <laughs> Let's just pick one out of the air here. Okay, my love. <laughs> um, well, first of all, has anybody ever really come at you about what you charge and and what you are worth financially has anybody oh, like girl. verbalized that at you girl my sister yes Yes, yes, yes. There's so many stories that I could share. And one of them, you know, usually I, I I have no issue with having healthy dialogue on social media. You know, we put ourselves out there. We say, here I am. We're using our real names, our real faces. And so we are exposing ourselves to the possibility of, of conflict. So I have no issue with having healthy conversation. But there was one situation where it was either last year 
or the year before where the person started off friendly enough. I, I have an annual retreat. It was going to, it went to Bali a couple of years ago, it went to Belize, and then it's going to Paris this year, the Goddess Pray Love Retreat. And actually it was two years ago because I had posted a picture of us on the black sand beach in Bali, um, the women at my retreat on a full moon in Bali doing this releasing ceremony. And so this woman came on the page and she was, she was like, you know, this is, this is beautiful, but all of us can't afford to go to Bali. So, you know, and she started to talk about, you know, we got into this conversation about, is it spiritual to charge for your work? And so because my audience is a lot of mostly coaches and healers and light workers of various sorts, authors, speakers, etc., people were all talking about their own personal journey in that area. And there was another person who joined with this, this woman who was saying that, um, that she felt like it wasn't spiritual to charge for your work and how dare you. And everyone doesn't have access to that. And it just so happened that that month I had a New York city event, like just a small, I was just doing a small meetup, a small sisterhood. Um, it was at the beginning of the me too movement to talk about our feelings that were coming up. And I believe that that event was, I think it was $50 as opposed to, you know, a healing and wellness retreat in another country that's going to range from, you know, like $2,500 and up. And so, you know, I said, well, in addition to having, I have hundreds of hours of free content on my blog, hundreds of hours of free videos on YouTube, hundreds of hours of a podcast on iTunes. I have all of that. But if you want to come and hang with me, because she was in the, the New York City area, I said, I have an event that's only $50. And she said, you know, well, I could afford that, but I wouldn't pay that for an event. That's too much. You know, it was still oh too much. So it's like, you know, I find that when I was in afraid to charge too much because I was afraid of what people would say and people would think and people like my own family who believe that it's not spiritual to be compensated for anything related to spirituality, I found that whether you say that this is $10 or whether you say that this is $10,000, there will always be someone who says, how dare you? That's too much, blah, 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 blah. And so if you are like you and I and probably the women who are listening, someone who naturally wants to give her both her most and her best and is a natural overgiver because she's so passionate about the work that you do. I was just talking to my clients about this uh, an hour ago. Then there's nothing wrong with you being divinely compensated. This is an abundant universe. Look at it. Look at any field of flowers. And so it is, it is absolutely spiritual to be divinely compensated for your gifts and the value that you add to the world. Mm-hmm. Some of my greatest teachers have been people who, for example, support me on Patreon and they'll pay more than what the tier is, or they'll say, why don't you raise your prices? Or why are you charging this for that? I have angels. <laughs> I have angels in my circle who are constantly asking me questions like that. And it that's really an interesting, I mean, that's such a gift because it really, it's interesting that I'm here to help inspire people to 
move past fear. And then they do that for me too. It's a two-way street. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Every day, every day. And I think that's part of the, um, the beautiful evolutionary practice of what we do, right? This beautiful ecosystem of all of us calling each other to expansion and calling each other to more. Yes. So when, can I ask you about the very first retreat? That you, yes. maybe let's, I don't know how small you, well, let's start at the beginning. I, I was going to expand on that, but let's just, <laughs> let's just, what was the very, very beginning of hosting retreats and leading retreats? Yes. So I, well, I'll take it way back, sis, <laughs> to like when I started out, I started out doing sister circles, goddess circles in my living room. And at that time, you know, this is funny, you know, how beautifully, rapidly we're expanding. Despite all that's going on in the world, we are headed toward expansion, um, which still means that we still have to be activists and show up for the, the things that we're seeing happening. But this is not even that long ago, you know, in the grand scheme of things. So maybe about 15 years ago or so, 13 to 15 years ago, I had goddess circles in my living living room in East Harlem, New York City, and it was just an informal group of friends that we would get together, friends and friends of friends, a small group. And then I started to be invited to speak, and I was doing a lot of TV and that sort of thing, and I really was feeling called for much longer, for for years, actually, before I had the courage to say, you know what, here is a retreat and we are going to Bali. And so I had the vision in my head for a long time, but... I kept feeling like, you know, well, ultimately I'll do this. One day I'll do this, you know, until someone who I was working with reminded me, like I remind everyone now, a coach that I had at the time said, you can't take your clients any further than you're willing to go yourself. And so again, because we teach what we most need to learn, At that point that I realized that me stepping fully into my power was answering this call that I had been getting to lead a retreat to Bali. Now, I grew up, I hadn't heard of, I didn't even know about Bali when I was growing up. I don't think that I had ever heard the word Bali, but I knew that that was where I had to be. And I didn't know who was going to attend the retreat because my clients were a variety of people in the UK and here in the United States. But I hung out my shingle. And I partnered at that time with, um, this is just a couple of years ago, with a friend of mine who is a healer based in Australia. And we launched, I told her I was doing the Goddess Pray Love Retreats. And the first one was focused on abundance. And it was wonderful. And... In addition to that, then people asked me to also, people started to invite me to do 
mini versions of it in different places. So I went and I did also parts of the workshops that I do at my retreats in the Bahamas and um, other places. And one of the most amazing experiences was at the College for Psychic Studies in London, which for you, go. I, I think that Goddess Joanna, they would love you there. It's an actual school in London that is an incredible place. And, you know, going and being able to do some of the workshops from my retreats there were amazing. How and then it was so much fun. So much fun. And then last year's retreat was um, the goddess of the goddess pray love Belize retreat, which was amazing as well. I've seen the pictures. You look like yeah. you look like a happy group of women to me. <laughs> it is really, really wonderful because, uh, as you know, you know when we when we attend a you know a one day speech or something like that, we take all of these notes and we have a powerful experience, and then we go back home to you know our same perceived struggles and issues and challenges. And the reason why I wanted to to do retreats in the first place is that I've found that immersion, immersing ourselves in healing experiences is the most powerful way to create change, the most powerful way to make shift happen. And so with each retreat, I make sure that it is not only my teachings, but I invite and call in people who are connected to the location, healing and teachers and experiences that are connected to that specific location, as well as we're in concert with what is going on um, in the earth, on the earth at that time, um, cosmically. So at the Abundance Pray Love Retreat, I kept having that vision of being on a in a sister circle on a black sandy beach at the full moon because I wanted it to be about releasing to call in our abundance. So that was at the full moon. In the Belize, for example, that was on the summer solstice because I wanted it to be about calling in new energy. And with this summer's retreat, which is the goddess of Paris retreat, I have it in the middle of July, right before my birthday, because it is all about being in the energy of birth and calling in because it's a law of attraction retreat. The full name is the Goddess of Paris Miracles and Manifesting Retreat. It's a law of attraction retreat about using the um, the feminine power principles and rituals of manifesting for group creation. I know for sure that so many women dream of going to Paris. That's something that so many women put on their vision boards. And there's a whole genre of books where somebody (laughs) quits their job to go live in Paris for a year. It's just like this fantasy that people have. So what I love about it is it's a retreat for manifesting, but the first manifestation is actually getting whatever you need to get together to sign up for the retreat. Like the second your feet hit the ground in Paris, you've already manifested something so amazing before the retreat even begins. 
That's it. Exactly. That is it. Exactly. That I have found that when I am coming to the ocean of the universe with a thimble and saying, I can't afford, or what if I, or I would have, could have, should have, that life meets me at that energy. And when I expand that energy and step into it, like you said, that is the first manifestation. And for that reason, exactly that reason, you can hear the excitement in my voice, um, for exactly that reason, the location of the retreat goddess Joanna is a castle. I kept, for each retreat, like I said, I have this vision that will not leave me alone. And for this one, it was, we need to be in a castle in France, because if we are stepping into our regal energy, the, the energy that creates worlds, knowing that we are all powerful, that we are divine, we need to be in a castle. And so the retreat launched late this year for a number of reasons. And one of them was that I had this vision of a castle and I would not let it go that we needed to be in a castle because if we're going to step into our power, I want it to be in the feeling of being regal, in the feeling of being worthy to go back to our word, in the feeling of knowing that all things are possible and that we are worth it, that we are powerful beyond measure. Giving birth to your inner queen in a castle. Yes! <laughs> so I guess you're kind of answering my question that I had next, but I'm going to ask, ask it anyway. And that is, you're going from like these supernatural settings in, on an island, the water and the sand and the sun, to Paris, even to a castle. And it, to me, that's such a huge departure. Like, why were you feeling that this time? What about... I mean, Paris is a city. It's a big city. It's a busy yes. city. It's a famous city. And castles, it's it's stone. <laughs> and so what's the feeling tone that led you to Paris? So the feeling tone that led me to Paris is that actually the castle is in Chantilly, France, which is about 30 minutes away from Paris. So for me, as I said, my family is from Guyana. My grandparents were all farmers, but I'm a New York City girl. And so I know the power of the energy of, I think that it's just as valuable. Like I don't, I, I when I was younger, I used to romanticize Guyana a lot more like, oh, well, if I would have been raised there. And now I realize that the value and the energy, there's energy and vibration and everything that is worthy. And so there's a vibration in that location in being in a castle, you're right, it's totally different that I wanted to tap into. So for example, the first night when we get there, I have a, um, we have a, class that's called Josephine Baker Night School. Now, yes! Oh my yes! god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I have Josephine Baker, a giant poster of her in my living room. Oh my God, me too. It's in my hallway. I am obsessed with her and I've always been obsessed with her. And so I wanted, so this was a part of the vision that was calling me to Paris. My ancestor, you know, she's not my blood ancestor, but I claim her. My, You can always claim your ancestors and Josephine Baker is absolutely one of mine. And so I felt like she was calling me to this location. And so what, for those of you who are not familiar with Josephine Baker, she was a burlesque and cabaret dancer, African American, who at the time when she was performing, like in the 1940s, that she was 
had a lot of issues in the United States because of segregation and racism. And so she went to Paris and felt like she was able to live as a full human being and eventually won medals for, you know, helping Paris during the war. And also then she adopted a, what she called her rainbow tribe of children from every culture. She had Swedish children, African children, and had this beautiful rainbow view of the world. And I felt like that was calling me, like she, my ancestor, great goddess Josephine Baker was calling me to Paris. So we're starting off with Josephine Baker Night School. And then another experience that we have, you know, we're working with a sound healer who I think was a part of the, I think she manifest, we're always co-manifesting, right? So I feel like she manifested me before I knew she existed and I manifested her. She is based in, she is a sound healer and an aura reader who is based in Chantilly, France. And she said she had been doing a sacred meditation on that she wished that there were more retreats in her area. Her name is Lightworker Doris. And she said she had been wishing that there were, you know, calling in more retreats in Chantilly, which she said hasn't happened. And then I contacted her. And so she's going to be doing aura readings and sound healing at the retreat. And she is a hypnotherapist as well. And hypnotherapy has been transformational in my life. And um, so that is something that, you know, is going to be a big part of the retreat. And then one more that I'll share is that we're going to have a perfume making workshop. So yeah, (laughs) you totally know. I mean, I know you work with women, but you know how to push out the girly, like, yes, you know, you want this. Yes. Make your own perfume. Josephine Baker, sound healing auras. (laughs) Well, I felt like, you know, I am a big fan of working with essential oils and I thought that it would be really powerful to be able to create your own signature manifesting scent. And so not just creating a perfume, but infusing your desires, us doing magic together, you know, that as you know, goddess Joanna, that doing group manifestation is very, very powerful. So each of us at this retreat are going to be focusing on calling in and manifesting something huge, including me. And so putting that desire into this perfume that you create, oh my gosh, working with a real French parfumier is going to be divine. (laughs) Oh, I'm a big believer in the power of scent. I use scent in my own manifestation processes. I love to assign a specific essential oil to a specific either area of my life or a specific manifestation. So I love the idea of going to France and crafting your own potion. Yes. It's a potion. It's a magical potion. Yes. And it says that actually on the info page, it says, yeah, creating your potion with the parfumier. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It is going to be juicy. (laughs) How exciting. Yes. Yes. It's going to be amazing. And, you know, we're all there literally going to be there to not only have this incredible experience and this incredible transformation, you know, and meditating under the Eiffel Tower and all of that, but we are also making shift happen. We're also going to be giving birth to something, something big. And it may be something that you felt up until now was too big to speak. You know, a lot of us have have dreams, you know, like I know 
me included in the past that we felt were too large to even tell anyone. And so we're going to create the, the manifesting fires under those desires. That's beautiful. Can I can I ask you about the law of attraction? Because this, yes. is, a, this is a very split crowd. I don't know how I've been so blessed to kind of hang in the middle of two <laughs> different <laughs> schools of thought. Like, there are people here that love the law of attraction. There are people here that love magic with the K, witchcraft, and they don't always agree with each other. Mm-hmm. I, I believe the law of attraction... Well, I mean, I could get into this deeper, and and I showed in a video, but I think the law of attraction is a law, and magic is using that law. But I sometimes use the terms interchangeably. But but a lot of people that have skepticism around it think it's just wishful thinking, and you're fooling yourself, and that it's an abusive practice to tell people that they could manifest whatever they want. It's interesting the the things I hear doing what I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what you've been practicing and teaching the law of attraction for such a long time, what are your thoughts around that? I love this conversation because this is something that I struggled with as at the beginning. Like I said that, you know, I am African-American. My family is from the second poorest country in this hemisphere after Haiti. Guyana is the poorest country in our hemisphere. And so it, I think that it is abusive if you are looking at someone who is in a dire situation and saying, you know, um, well, you know, just close your eyes and wish on it or something like that, wishful thinking, which is the same as, you know, saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And there are places where the spiritual community can be equally as abusive in saying love and light can sound an awful lot like thoughts and prayers. Yes, yes. (laughs) You know, it's all about your intention. However, here's the deal. Here's the real tea about the law of attraction. A couple of things. It is a spiritual law. I, I believe exactly what you said, goddess Joanna, that magic is the practice of that law. But here's something that we often forget, that it is one spiritual law of many. There, It's not like there's only one spiritual law. So there's also divine, the law of divine timing, for example, is another spiritual law. There are all kinds of spiritual laws that exist that are working in concert together. The, the law other of thing, rhythm, I have to throw that yeah. one out there ups and downs of life. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And the other thing about manifesting that I think is important to point out to, you know, those who might say, well, you know, I I don't believe that that's true is that you're already doing it. You're already doing it. Every single thing in your life you have called in on some level at some place. Does that mean that, for example, I had a recent health scare? Does that mean that, that I am that I purposely and consciously wanted to be sick or be unwell or something is wrong with me or all of those things or that I'm broken. No, you are incredible. You are an amazing and divine being that is calling in exactly what you need to be your highest and best. And 
if at some points we are manifesting things that are not desired, that's a part of the journey as well. That's a part of the journey as well. And so does that mean then that we blame people who are going through struggle for, um, for whatever their condition or situation is? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That would not only be, um, not compassionate, but that would be barbaric and unfair and un, an untrue place to come from, you know? So does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. I too, I like to tell people to focus their energy. If you're using magic or the law of attraction on where you can go from here, as opposed to, cause people get really hung up about why did this happen to me? And I do think sometimes it's, worth checking that out and and saying like, well, what was my part in creating this? But the most powerful thing you can do is say, what can I do from here? What can I choose now? What can I focus on now? How can I focus my energy? Yes. Yes. And can I share with you something, you know, deeply personal that I discovered just recently having gone through this health issue? I had fibroids and I had uterine surgery and all of that. Do you have time for for me to share a quick story around that? So as I mentioned at the retreat, I'll have hypnotherapy because for me, it's been transformational in my life. And it's something that I am a gift that I will be studying and adding to my bag of magic and tricks because it's been very, very helpful for me. And I think that regression is very valuable to get to the the heart of why certain things are happening. And I found things that as many years as I've been doing personal development and self-help and magic and all of these things, deep-seated, layered foundational beliefs that I had around illness and the times where I called in being sick, in quotes, into my life to either get love or, you know, when I was a kid, my parents stopped fighting or, you know, times where I, my anxiety was so bad that, you know, I felt uncomfortable going to school. I was able to get out of school. And so there were payoffs that I've had in my personal past in this life from being physically unwell. You know, there were many, those are just a few. And so that is, again, not that I am blaming or shaming myself, but until we shine a light on something and we're aware of it, we can't heal it. And if you don't heal it, you pass it on. And that is true whether or not you ever have physical children in this life, in this world, you pass it on to the planet, you pass it on in general to the world. And so a part of our purpose in being here and our evol- is our evolution. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And so that's what the law of attraction is about. It's the law of expansion, of the vibration of divine compensation, all of those things. It is, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Isn't it fascinating too, that you are now calling yourself a midwife and this retreat is about giving birth and the area of your body that you're experiencing these health issues is literally (laughs) like your womb. Yes, it is. It is. 
and I and it's so funny because um, not funny, haha, but funny, interesting yes, because yes. you know all of my work, as you said, is woman manifesting and womb manifesting, and so I'm building. You know, all of the the things that I'm launching later this year are all around. You know, specifically with my my fertility goddess affirmation cards and the the work that we'll be doing about the retreat at the retreat is about manifesting through using gestation, birth, nurturing, you know, and starting with conception. That's how we go through the feminine principles, the feminine power principles of manifesting the same as, as we give birth. And so absolutely it makes perfect sense that also I've had fertility issues and literally that, you know, (laughs) my work is around tapping into our fertility and helping us to give birth. Isn't it just wild how on the nose the universe can be sometimes? (laughs) I mean, it's just like, okay, I I get it. moving close to the microphone and screaming in your ears. <laughs> but that's exactly it. Like there's times where I'm like, ah, uh, I see what you did there. I yeah. see what you did there. Okay. I got it. <laughs> I, have, I have an interesting question. I'll tell you what reminded me of this first is when Esther Hicks husband, Jerry died, she actually got messages from people saying, you know, if you're so good at the law of attraction, if Jerry's so good at the law of attraction, why did he die? First of all, to anybody who has thoughts like that, none of us are getting out of here alive. So right. you might as well just make peace with that right now. And we live on a 3D material plane yes. that we that's part of what we're doing here is working through the limitations of our physical bodies and blah, 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 blah. But My question to you is this. Do you ever feel, as a leader, I should not be having this problem? If I'm teaching people how to live their best life, why? Like, for myself, I got bed bugs. Somebody gave me bed bugs. It took me two years to get rid of them because I live in a super old house with lots of little cracks for them to hide. So I would think Mm -hmm. they were gone, and three to six months they would come back. I shared that journey (laughs) with my people, and I... And there was a little voice in the back of my head that was like, you should not tell people these things because they're going to be like, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. If you can manifest bed bugs, you know, then you don't know magic. Yes. So do you ever have that kind of voice in the back of your head? Well, it's funny because, you know, I've had bed bugs too. I live in Manhattan and someone gave me a sofa that was infected. And so that's another story I can tell. And that's the first time I've mentioned that publicly, probably for that reason. But when I was diagnosed with fibroids, I actually went into a mild depression in part for that reason. And and first I, I wasn't telling anyone because, you know, it affected at the time I was engaged to someone and my relationship you know, did not survive that, all of the things that were related to that, um, the fibroids and infertility and all of that. And I did feel like that, like, oh my goodness, I had like deep shame around it until, you know, spirit said to me, you know, spirit moved me, shifted me into creative mode. And I started sketching out what became my manifesting goddess affirmation cards, the fertility cards were the way for me out of that 
it, you know, and it, it was really weird. And again, in quotes at the time, you know, that, okay, I'm diagnosed with infertility and I was called to make these tap into fertility goddesses and create these cards for other people and for myself. But I absolutely did have the feeling first of shame of something that, you know, like, oh, oh my goodness, what, what will people think? And what do, what do I think? And what does this mean? And all of those sorts of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Let's also share that you are now a supermodel. Uh, <laughs> I will receive that goddess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really, really couldn't let you go without mentioning that. I had so much fun celebrating that. I don't know why. It was just something about that hit me in a in a personal way, and I was just celebrating it with you. We're not. I mean, we're not close Yay. friends. We're not close friends at all. That was a weird yeah. shadow thing that popped up because I was bragging about you on Twitter. And I was like, my friend Abiola is now a gap, a gap underwear model. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have said friend because are we friends? And like, I like, I had a whole journey around that thing, but I was just. Oh mama, you should have sent me a text when you were going through that. (laughs) I was, but honest to God, I was just, I was thrilled for you. I was thrilled for us all. So what was that experience like? You know, it, it, I think that the reason why, like you said, you know, you, you're trying to figure out like why it was like, oh my goodness, and you were as thrilled as I was. Well, when we were coming up, you know, Kate Moss was the body type, you know, like it was like the whole like heroin chic thing um, that was a vision of what perfection would be. And for me, you know, being now a woman who is over 40 and at the time had serious fibroid belly, my I had basically like a six month pregnant stomach at that moment when I did the shoot and there I was in my natural afro hair in doing that moment was proof, absolute proof that the universe can dream a bigger dream for us than we want for ourselves. And we can even dream like it wasn't something, you know, someone asked me at the shoot, like, oh my God, did you ever dream of this when you were a kid? And no, I didn't because I didn't think that it was a possibility that my beauty could be in any way received or celebrated in a mainstream place. And so, you know, it was funny because my sister said, um, yay, you know, you're getting back all of the money that you spent in the gap growing up. Cause it was like my favorite place to shop when I was a kid. And it actually, and then, um, I told my dad, no, I told my mom that we were vindicated because we had had this family situation that I can laugh about now, but at the time was really honestly traumatic for a long time where we went into the gap and we were school shopping and my parents at various points in time would have all of these financial issues and money mismanagement, et cetera. And my dad told us, get whatever we wanted for school clothes. And it was me, my sister and my brother. And we shopped up a storm. We were feeling great. And then we got to the, um, the counter. My father's credit card was denied. And I 
made that the foundation of a lot of my money issues as an adult. Um, and oh my gosh, for sure. That's a big for one. Sure. That's a big moment. It was huge. It was huge. And so, you know, stepping into now where I was, you know, I am the face of the Gap and Gap Japan. And my face is in Japan. My face is in France and Gap France and Gap stores around the world was amazing, not just for me, but I feel like, like you said, for you and so many of us, for anyone who has ever felt like in any way, you know, marginalized or pushed aside or not seen, not being acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And they approached you. And they approached me and they approached me. And, you know, the, it was a manifestation because right before that I had done, you know, I was doing my rituals and processes and I had said, okay, I am ready. I am ready. I'm ready to be seen. I am ready. Use me was my prayer, which was something that I'd always been terrified to pray. And then this happened which was incredible. <laughs> Use me is one of the scariest prayers. I, I, I know that's an Oprah prayer. There's a woman, do you know who Tosha Silver is? Yes, of course. She I has love her. Tosha. She has her change me prayers. I actually have that Oracle deck and I am yes. just, there's a, a piece of me that's like, I want things the way <laughs> I want them. When I am manifesting, I want this. And to say like, use me or change me like what if I don't like the way you want to use me or change me (laughs) that is it exactly that is it exactly and I think that that's what you know a lot everybody everybody wants their lives to be better but nobody wants anything to change and I think that that's the that's why we're the biggest thing holding ourselves back from our manifestations from the things that we create and so that's why I wanted to create an immersive experience where we go away together and I can get my fingers into your energy (laughs) and we can really then take away the things like that childhood story that I had, that belief in the things that I made it mean in my life. We all have those. And until we face and dissolve them and take away that meaning, we remain stuck in that vibration. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to have you on talking about the, the Paris retreat because people ask me when am I going to do a retreat and it's nowhere near happening. It's not even something on my vision board. It's something people ask me and now I can be like, well, yeah, no, (laughs) there's this woman, (laughs) Abiola. (laughs) Have you heard of her? Uh, And I can send them to you. And what, can you give us some dates and let people know, like, when do they need to sign up? How do they sign up? Any woman listening right now who wants to make this the summer where she actually gets going on the dreams of her heart, the really big, scary dream, and who wants to go to Paris with some goddesses, like, what do they do? Yes. Okay. So before that, you know, and I, I got this mental nudge and then was like, you can't say that. Just like you were like, wait, I'm not her friend. I can't say that. So when you just said that, I, in my head, I was going to say, well, we're going to partner together on something anyway. And then I was like, wait, you can't say that. So <laughs> One day we shall. My- so I'm saying that. So there it is. All right. Um, <laughs> so mode so, B. So mode B. So one of the things that I want to say, and this is, again, something 
something that I haven't said before, but I, I'm, I, I feel so sisterly and comfortable and aligned with you and your audience that I feel like I could say anything and be real. One of the things that, one of the, the messages that surprisingly I got from a couple of people because of, a, a, you know, my, my retreats, I'm African-American, Caribbean, are multicultural. So it's it'll be a lot of women of color. And I've received emails from white women who say, you know, well, I, I don't feel like I can go because I see pictures of black women or, you know, and I just want to just, you know, my hand is on my, over my heart for you for, to, to just say, everyone is welcome. We're all welcome. We're sisters in this journey. And there are times in many circles and situations where probably 90% of my life, I am the quote unquote other or whatever it is. And we're all sisters and we're on this journey. So, you know, I, it's weird to me to have to say that in 2019, but I am just saying it because I feel like it needs to be said. And I was- think that I that hit me when you said that. I feel that. I just there's a movie on Netflix called Wine Country, and it's mostly a white cast, white women. I love it. It's a movie for Gen X women. And Mm -hmm. so I like to, when I love something, I go on Twitter and look at the hashtag and I saw a party of women, mostly African American. And then like two white girls in there. (laughs) They all got together to have a movie party to, and I noticed that I noticed like, wow, like that they're watching a movie that's like all white women, but they're loving it. They're all like, yay with their wine glasses. And then there's like the two white girls there. And then that was just like the last week. And now you mentioned this and I think it's intimidating for us white girls to step into a group of you all. We talked about this the last time. I hope people go back and listen to the last episode about how we do see color and there's this image of like the strong black woman that is not fair to put on women of color, by the way. And and you schooled me on that. And I we want to be included. We just don't know if we are. You know, Mm, we're just waiting for you to say come join us and we'll be like, okay, yes! So goodness. Well, (laughs) well, yes, we are all invited to come together in sisterhood at the goddess of Paris miracles and manifesting retreat. There we said it. And I love that you and I can have these taboo conversations that shouldn't be taboo. It's just life (laughs) about things that, you know, are people don't feel comfortable saying it's the, it's the time to have these conversations. It is. So I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I said that. Me I'm glad too. that, yeah, yeah. So the retreat will be July 22nd. We're leaving on, we're arriving at the castle in Chantilly, France on July 22nd. If you're listening to this, the, the website, by the way, the info page is goddessofparis.com, goddessofparis.com. Um, and if you forget the website, just ask goddess Joanna and she oh, will yes. direct you. And I will be linking. Um, I'll be linking as well. Also tell Abiola that I sent you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And if goddess Joanna sends you, I will actually gift you. In addition to that, I will gift you a deck of my manifesting goddess affirmation cards. So make sure to tell me that you come her way, um, that you've come through, through her, her, uh, her audio womb. <laughs> <laughs> 
everything, everything is wombs coming out of it's womb all wombs. Surgery. It's all wombs. It's all wombs. So I have weird logistical questions. Maybe these are all answered on the website, but like. Ask away. Okay. Well, how, how does this work? Like people just sign up and then they just show up at the castle. Like they fly there from whatever (laughs) their closest airport is. And yes, I'm glad you're asking. And there's no question that's too weird. Ask me anything. So the way that it works is that you would go to the page goddessofparis.com. Check out everything that's there. You'll see the teachers and their videos there and information about the retreat. Um, If you are wanting to know more and you have questions and need to talk to someone, which makes sense because you're making an investment in yourself. And many of the people who come to my retreats have never been on a retreat. A lot of the people who come have never come out of the country. So you need a passport. So right this minute, even if you're just thinking about it and you don't have a passport right now, go get, go apply for a passport. Um, you can apply for a rush passport. I've had to do that in the past. You need a passport to get there. Um, and then you can email me. My email address is business at abiolaabrams.com, business at abiolaabrams.com, or an easier one, maybe my personal email, goddessabiola at gmail.com. And if you have any questions that I can answer for you, um, the castle that we're staying in is a five-star European uh, castle hotel in France. The word for castle is chateau. Um, It is because it is a manifestation retreat. And I like to do this at all of my retreats. I think that for me as an introvert, as an introvert, I value um, real connections. And so this is a retreat where you will be assigned a manifestation partner, a person who you will be sharing a room with and you will have assignments with. If you are wanting to bring a friend, there is, you will see on the page, because there are two different packages. There's a basic package and a VIP package that's one day longer and includes other experiences, one-on-one coaching, the Spiritpreneur Academy, and other um, juicy tidbits. And so if you want to invite a friend to come along with you, they can absolutely be your manifestation partner, your roommate, and you would receive a discount of $100 off on the basic package and $150 off on the VIP package um, because you know this is your friend and they're coming through you. And I also want to offer you, if you're coming from Goddess Joanna, an additional $50 incentive to come and sign up and invest in yourself. So $50 off if you're coming through Goddess Joanna. And you would then, after you purchase, we're going to have, we have virtual orientations because everybody's in their different states and cities. So we have orientations where you can get to know me and get to know. Oh, that's so nice. Sorry to interrupt you. So you you do that through like video conferencing? Through video conferencing. Yeah. Oh, that makes it a lot less scary. Yeah, no, 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 not scary at all. Not scary at all. You you get to know me. You can you have full contact with me, and you have a welcome call with me. I hop on the phone with each person because I want to know you. I want to know who you are. That this is very personal work. This is, you know, not nameless, faceless. That's why I haven't yet done those huge like hundred person retreats. And there, there's total value in that. But for me, my 
work, my highest and best use at this point in time is I really, really value being able to work with people one-on-one to be able to dissolve the things that are keeping you small, keeping you hiding, keeping you from showing up, keeping you saying, oh, that sounds like me. That sounds like an alignment, but I don't do things like that. I'm not that kind of person. I can't afford that. I can't make that happen and staying stuck rather than answering the call to your evolution. Mm-hmm. I think you're doing so much to to make it less scary. I think it's scary. I think getting yeah. on an airplane to go hang out with yeah. a bunch of strangers can be scary. <laughs> That's why it's a good challenge. That's why yes. it's a good way to grow and stretch. I call the comfort zone the zone of lies. It's an, I mean, if, yes. you, if it's something that you want to do but you're afraid to do, I think going with your sister or your best friend is an awesome way (laughs) to meet that challenge. But I love that you have the video conferencing and all of that because it's helpful. It's helpful. You're talking to a lot of introverts right now. So that's, that's good to know. Yes. And, you know, there's value in coming by yourself and there's value if you have a sister or friend to come with you. The value in coming with a sister or friend is that oftentimes, and this is what scares us about growth, we outgrow the people around us. Most of us, you know, after college, especially if you work for yourself, you may not have a way to make friends. And so that's why I love, you know, this connection with like-minded sisters working, having this, this conversation with Goddess Joanna. And so being able to come with someone who you can expand and grow together is amazing. But also being able to just come by yourself. I have people who come to the retreat and they're like, I didn't tell anyone in my family that I was coming because I, you know, a lot of people say that they're like, you know, they would think I was crazy. They would say, well, who is this person? Why are you going there? How do you know that this is safe and this is okay? You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I lead a program called Queen And that was one of the most interesting parts. We were talking about women friendships, and it was just fascinating to me how most of the women were wanting more women friendships. And I was like, okay, hold up here. Do you notice how everybody in the group is saying they don't have good, close female friendships or they want different ones. So basically we all want the exact same thing. So what's the issue here? Like it's yes. nobody's reaching <laughs> out. Nobody's stepping outside to make themselves vulnerable that way. So we don't realize the entire room wants the same exact thing. Yes. Yes. And that vulnerability is our superpower. That vulnerability is our superpower. And so everything is included except your airfare, your passport, your suitcase, your own personal belongings. Um, And the day when we're hanging out in Paris, you'll buy your own meals. But while you're at the castle, while we're on the grounds, you will be eating divine organic food from a restaurant named L'Opera. L'Opera. I don't speak French, so (laughs) I'm working on it. So that's probably pronounced a lot more beautifully than that. But in my New Yorkese American, it's La Opera. (laughs) (laughs) Healthy vegan and vegetarian food to nourish ourselves on this manifesting journey. Oh, yay. You know what I'm going to do? I always end this by asking people the same question, but I think I'm going to 
ask you to answer this question and then I'm going to take your answer and put it at the very beginning. (laughs) I'm going to bookend it with whatever your answer is just because I want people to understand what you're all about from the very, very beginning of of this chat. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it in the front too. So what is your one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? Oh, that's juicy. Okay, so my one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams is to going back to our what's been our recurring lesson for today. You know, tapping into your your womb energy and your sacral chakra energy. And what that means is, you know, your sacral chakra is all about pleasure and it's also about vulnerability. So being willing to tap into your own pleasure and your vulnerability, which are places that we tend to run from, opening your arms to the fact that you have desires and it's natural for you to have desires, despite the fact that society may tell you that your desires, whatever they may be, are wrong. Tapping into that and then being vulnerable enough to open your arms to the possibilities like we said with a prayer, like change me or use me and stepping into that expands your life beyond belief. And that is how you begin even to create your, your life that you desire. It starts with a decision. There is great magic in just making a decision and saying, yes, your whole entire world shifts. And I, as I shared in our last conversation, you know, I, firmly believe that every time a woman says yes to herself, opens herself to her divine energy, that the tectonic plates shift and life rises up in return. Ooh, you are good. Yeah. You're so good at what you do. I knew I could tell you that's going at the front of this lady. Make it good. And you would. That's so good. That's so good. Okay. So one more time, where do people need to go to sign up for the retreat? Okay, so the information page for the Goddess of Paris Miracles and Manifesting Retreat that I didn't even get into includes you can get Ayurvedic massage and reflexology is in, is you know all of these spa services are included. Oh my lord. Yes, go to goddessofparis.com. goddessofparis.com if in any way this is feeling in alignment with you, say yes to yourself. Say yes to yourself at goddess of Paris.com and be sure to tell me that Goddess Joanna sent you. Oh, I'm so, I can't wait to hear who's going to do this. I'm excited. I want to see Instagram pics is what I want to yeah. see. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun. You are absolutely welcome and love to, I was going to say to your baby boy, he's not a baby anymore. Oh, he's my baby. He's my baby boy. (laughs) Thank you. So that's that. How fun is Abiola? She's just like a great big ball of love. If you're thinking about going to her retreat, 
but you're still on the fence, you're not sure, I strongly encourage you to go to her YouTube channel and check out her Goddess Temple. She does them live, by the way. You can show up there live on Sundays and participate and interact with her if you want to get a sense of what it's like to hang out with her in person and get to know her a little bit better. And if you're thinking about it, get your passport. Get your passport now. Even if you don't choose to go on this Paris retreat, it's good to have your passport. It's good to have your passport for the next time an opportunity like this comes around. And before I let you go, I have to share with you one of my favorite S.J. Tucker songs because she said I could and I love my witches. This is a witchy woman song, an ode to witchy women. There will be a link to S.J. Tucker in the show notes. And I hope to play more of her music. I should have asked her if I could play a whole bunch of her songs, but I just asked about this one for now. So here she is, S.J. Tucker with Song of the Witches. Just think of your prospects, my darling, take heed. A sprinkle of glamour, a dollop of charm, trading family secrets and recipes long as your arm. Ask us to glance at your schedule next week. We'll turn you a forecast that wriggles and reeks, made of salt and umbrellas and typewriters too, and all of the things that you're ever to do. There's no need for vanity, no need for fuss. We know that you're bursting to be one of us. We stir up the truth, but it's never to harm, steeped in family secrets and recipes long as you're up. We battle nobilities in advised whim. Shameless and shining, we've always asked why. For what cooks in our cauldron can call down the sky. Best believe we fought hard when temptation arrived. Threatening with lions and offering bribes. We'd not do her bidding and draw down the moon. Though she murdered our brothers and mother for want of a spoon. Broken as yet, trash might not a drop will she 
when there's blood on the air. The world is a dangerous place, little one, but you already know there are marvelous deeds to be done. Wicked and strong in our shining we stand, straight backed with a drop of the future to hand. It's when we are human that you must take care, but wonders will Oh no. La 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 la. La la la.